Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 6. We are now going to bring another piece here, uh, another piece to this idea of hearing from God. I think most people want to hear from God. Most people, myself as a pastor for 30 years, all I've done is serve God's people. I find a lot of times people are saying, Pastor, I'm making this decision. You may be at a decision point in your life right now. You may have a business decision, a job decision, a, a, a kid decision, a, a future decision for your life. And I know a lot of people would say, I, I would like to know what God's plan is. What, what is God's plan and God's purpose for me? So a lot of times it's like they come to the pastor or someone say, hey, can you, can you dial up heaven? What, what's the man upstairs saying about this? Every person has this natural desire. What, what does God say? What does God think? And we learned the first week that the primary way to hear from God is through his word. In fact, we took two weeks on that because it is the central way, the primary way that you hear from God is through his word. We live in a world today that says, I can decide truth. Truth is inside of me. If I feel good about it, you can't tell me that it's not okay. God says totally the opposite. Truth is not some subjective thing you feel. Truth is a concrete reality. And it comes to us through this love letter that comes to us from God. And if you want to hear from God, you got to get to know God. And the best way to get to know God is through His Word. So we spent two weeks talking about that. And last week, Pastor Jed did an amazing job talking to us about how the Holy Spirit comes and is present with us. I'm so thankful that we don't worship a God who's a statue or a figment of our imagination. He's a real God present with us through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who's reminding us of what Jesus said to us. And so we have that, and I want to give you another piece I like to kind of say today, it's like the, the trifecta, the, the threefold cord here. I want to give you another piece to hearing from God. I want to talk to you about having trusted voices in your life. I want to talk to you about trusted voices and that God speaks to us through his word. God illuminates his word through his spirit but he also speaks because he's a relational God and made us relational. He speaks through other people. He, he speaks and confirms his word through trusted voices. Maybe it's one of the missing pieces in a lot of people's lives today because we live in such a ruggedly individualistic culture. We, we, we live in this kind of do-it-yourself. Well, that's... Not what the Bible says, Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs, my dad made me read it as a kid, 
it kind of repeats this theme over and over and over. Keeps saying, don't be a fool. Don't try to correct mockers. There's people who, who are just foolish. There are people that, that, that you can't really help. It really just keeps saying, and it's reminding us, hey, don't be a fool. Be a person who seeks counsel and seeks advice. Now, it's not always easy. I want to tell you that even as I began to prepare for this message, I, I, I have certain messages, by the way, as a pastor, you know, you, as a pastor, not just like an itinerant speaker, you have to preach like the whole counsel of the Bible. So there's sometimes, if I'm being honest with you, I'm preaching on something that I'm still working out in my own life, you know? I don't consider myself a very patient person, but I have to preach on patience. Anybody live in real Christianity? Okay. But I will tell you this one, over the years of my life, I tell people at 101, if you come here after a little while, you'll, you'll, you'll just begin to realize like this guy's not really that good. People that know me, that are around me, I, I'm not great at a lot of things. I've just had a lot of great people invest in my life. Like what I'm really good at is like opening myself up, seeking out, looking for the investment. I was fortunate to have a father who was full of wisdom. I, I've been fortunate to have Sunday school teachers. Why do I love these young people at all our campuses? Because the, the formation and season of their life. I had a Sunday school teacher in fifth grade, Curtis Oliver. I'm thinking about him teaching me the Bible. I've, I've had a lot of different influences in my life that have poured into me. One of those is Coach Tom Mullins. How many of y'all have heard Coach Tom preach here at Milestone? A lot of you have, yeah. He's like a spiritual dad to me, and we spend time together, but he was a football coach. So for, for, until he was 40 years old, he was a football coach, so he's gonna coach you up, you know, and then he became a pastor. He started Christ Fellowship Church, turned it over to his son. Anyway, we, 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 we were on a hunting trip, and Coach had like some old camouflage outfits, and I bought him some new camo. I bought him a nice, slick, real cool-looking camouflage outfit. We woke up before daylight the first morning, and he's standing there in his nice outfit, and I got my old stuff on, and he starts feeling guilty. He looks at me and says, son, I need to get you some new camo. I thought, that'd be amazing. In fact, I'd like to see you just spend money. I've never seen you buy anything, actually. I'd just like to watch your debit card get charged. Just, that'd be amazing. So I'm going to get you some new camo, boy. I said, great, coach. He goes, what size do you wear? I said, well, I, I could probably wear your pants. Now, he was a running back. I was a lineman. Y'all know what I'm saying? He's, he's still kind of stuck in his former reality. I was always the big kid. Had a big old head, too. My, my dad would be like, that's my boy, you know, like Jack in the Box, you know, just anyway. I said, Coach, I think I can wear your pants. He goes, you can't wear my pants. It, it's hunting camp. I said, well, let me try. So he takes them off, and I put them on. They buttoned right up. He looked at me. He goes, my God, I've gotten fat. <laughs> Not always easy to hear the truth. Proverbs 15, 22 says... Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 9 says, there was a man who was all alone. What really is winning? Is it winning to get to the top and be by yourself? Is that really winning? 
He's all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. And the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So we're talking about here this other piece, the word of God, but the word of God also pushes us to the people of God as well. It pushes us to understand that God also utilizes people in our lives. I began to think about it, this this trifecta, if you will. I believe if you have these things, you have a great percentage chance to, to be on course with where God wants to take you. The first one is the word of God, the promise of God. The second one is the Holy Spirit, the peace of God, the presence of God. And the third one is godly counsel, the people of God, the promise of God, the presence of God, and the people of God. I heard about from another just great voice in my life who pastors a church in Destin, Florida. You met him. He's like an older brother. I'll I'll ask him counsel many times. He has some areas that he's really skilled at. And the other day, he and I were talking on the phone, and he said that when you come into the harbor in Destin, he said it's really critical. Now, again, I'm going off of his reference to this. I did a little research that there is a concept here. But he said when, I've I've never navigated a boat into the harbor in Destin, but he says when you're coming in, there's these lights. And these lights, that's obviously not Destin, but it's, it's, it's it's a picture of what I'm talking about. There would be these lights to help the ship navigate. And when you're coming in, if you see separated lights, you have the potential to get on the rocks. And if you go to the left too much and the lights are separated, you can get on the rocks. But if all three are lined up, you can make yourself, you're beginning to come into safe harbor. I began to think, wow, what a great picture. I know a lot of people that end up on the rocks. Because they maybe have one piece or two pieces, but they don't have this full picture of how God speaks to us. God does it it, this way, and if you begin to employ that and begin to receive from that, then you you can find safe passage and safe harbor. I told you to turn to 1 Kings. I I don't really remember spending an extended amount of time preaching on this passage. It's interesting, though, in my own private reading time, I run across this, and I thought, wow, this is big. This is huge, and you're like, why is it so huge? Let me tell you the story, because it fits with this idea of wise counsel and being able to receive from trusted voices in our lives. You see, there's a third generation cautionary moment taking place right here. This is a caution. This is a warning. David, who was during the golden age the king of Israel and God's people, this time of flourishing, he then hands the reins off to Solomon. Solomon was granted this supernatural wisdom. He wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. He's this one who foreign leaders would come to talk to to ask his counsel and ask his wisdom. And now there's this third generation handoff. And this son is named Rehoboam only son of Solomon that we know of, though he had all these wives. I don't know. I don't have time to teach you on that or talk about that, but it still was just something that struck me. 
Only one that we see mentioned. And so Rehoboam is about to assume the kingdom. He's about to become the king. And look at what happens at this transition. It says the king, Rehoboam, consulted the elders who had served with his father Solomon during his lifetime. Why is he consulting? Because there is an uproar, there's a tension that the people are saying that we've been too heavily taxed by Solomon. And yet, because Solomon was still providing the provision, they, they are giving, he's giving this, this provision, they've been able to tolerate it, but now at a transition, as happens many times, they're saying, hey, we don't want this heavy tax. So Rehoboam goes and consults these elders, and he asks them this, he said, how would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, if today... You will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer. They will always be your servants. It's interesting today in our world today, consistently there's dialogue about toxic leadership, about EQ being more important than IQ and how you relate to people and how you lead people. And, and the Bible talks to us about those things and how to serve people and the greatest is the servant and these elders are offering to him, hey, why don't you come with this approach that you want to lead them in such a way that you have their best interest in mind. But look what it says. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders that they gave him, and he consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. A great point that you want to take into account when you're looking at wise counsel. Always survey and look at the counsel in which you're receiving. Is it coming from someone who has a bias related to themselves? Do they need something from you? See, these elders are looking at him way down the road, and these young guys here, they're looking at their position, their place, their title. And so as that is, is shaping, he asks them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, listen, a lot of times people who are bad at giving counsel and people who are not able to receive counsel, there's one root issue a lot of times, insecurity. Insecurity. Boy, if there was one thing you could give parents. If there's one thing you could give people who work with people, security. I don't have anyone to impress. <laughs> I don't have nothing to, I don't have anything to prove. I'm here as a servant. I've been put here by God. This is my opportunity to serve his people. But notice the insecurity that they begin to speak into him. Look at this, just crazy. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist is what they said to tell him. My father laid on you a heavy yoke, I'll make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, and I'll scourge you with scorpions. You say, why is that important? Well, at this point, I don't have time to give you all the history, but at this point in Israel's history, a major shift takes place. The kingdom divides, the people go wayward, and not many years from then, they're in exile. Everything begins to break apart, and I'm not summing all of it up to this one moment, but I am saying that when I read this, I thought, 
That's the spirit, though, that's, that's driving all of this brokenness. The insecurity and the listening to. Can I tell you something that is so important and very spiritual? You want to listen to the Word of God. You want to submit to the Holy Spirit, but you need to carefully consider who you listen to. Because who you listen to will create realities in your life and affect others. The counsel and the wisdom and the advice that you take. So I want to spend the rest of our time together talking more to you about how you do this. The first thing I thought about is there's some warning signs. Some warning signs that we need to pay attention to. I put the little uh, car warnings on there because there was a day when your check engine light came on that you went directly to the auto shop to get something fixed. But now our cars are so computerized, we don't trust anything on the dashboard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There could be every light lit up. You'd be like, it'll be good this week. What's fine? Let's just keep driving. (laughs) And I believe in some people's lives, there's flashing check engine warning signs in this area. The first one is, some people think what I'm talking about is you need a personal priest. The Bible says, according to Peter, he says, you are a holy priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. What does that mean? You can hear from God. You can speak on God's behalf, submitted to the word of God and to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, I think it's interesting here that that Rehoboam doesn't even go really to God. He's immediately going horizontal. So so sometimes we want a personal priest to tell us exactly what to do, and then we have somebody to blame. I'm not talking about some weird thing where we lose the reality of the counsel of God. I am saying, though, it's deficient in many people's lives. I think probably more common warning sign that I hear today is, well, I I listen to God. Like, I, I, I hear from God. I was talking to a guy the other day. He came to ask me some advice, and he said, God told me to do this. And I'm like, okay, uh, so you're asking my advice? Well, I'm not going to argue with God. Look, when you throw the God card down, you've just totally extinguished any opportunity to hear any other counsel or advice. I'm not saying that there aren't times where it's like, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, but generally you should be like, man, I sense God is saying this. I want to submit this to you as well. Like, what, let's, let's hear God together. And, and I think I, I see people today that throw that out. You know, it's like, man, I, I, I challenge that a little bit as well because Moses in the Old Testament, he saw God in the form of a burning bush, a theophany, an appearance of Jesus manifested. Like he, He's like this one character in the Bible who had these major encounters with God face to face, but he still had to take the advice of his father-in-law. That'll make you humble. Like, hey, wait, I'm bringing Jethro to talk to you. Paul, the apostle Paul, who wrote the most... The majority of the New Testament, who had an encounter on a road where he was struck blind, saw Jesus, like called to ministry, moved away from killing Christians to serving God, God still sent him Ananias to lay hands on him and pray for him. So so there's a, 
a more prevalent Bible pattern that we hear from God, but God confirms it through others than there is sort of this solo me and Jesus mentality of our world today. It's a warning sign to me. The third thing is, I think there's a challenge that I see pretty constant is no one listens to me. Like, I want to give advice. Like, right now, some of you are parents, and you're like, trusted voices, wise counsel. You're like, I hope my, my kid is listening, because I want to give them some wise counsel. Anybody who's a parent, it's like, you want people to listen to what you say, right? If you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you're a boss, if you're a leader, if you're a friend, if you're an uncle, if you're an aunt... In fact, I was with a group of people not too long ago, and my whole message was this. I want somebody to listen to what I have to say. Wouldn't it be nice if people listen to what you have to say? But you know where I see the broken place there is? Man, I don't know what it's like at the campuses, but there's just like, man, this full gospel Presbyterian church is quiet right now. Everybody's like, whoa, what's he going to say? Everybody wants someone to listen, but my question is, do you listen? Because you teach what you know, you reproduce what you are. I know a lot of parents saying, hey, you need to submit to my authority, but I ask a lot of parents, who are you submitted to? Who do you listen to? Because they watch that. They see that model. Well, I do it my own way. Me, myself, and I, me and Jesus got our own thing going. I know what's up. And that gets in the water of the culture of whatever it is that you're a part of. You reproduce it. As I said, in my life, I I could give you multiple stories. I thank God for a pastor who took me in his home when I was a teenager. Why do I love teenagers? Because my pastor let me lead in church and poured into my life. I went to the college he went to. I thank God for my pastor, Jim LaFoon, who's been in my life since my early 20s, an older brother, Steve Robinson, five years older than me. I I thank God I still have these relationships and trusted voices in my life. I want to encourage some of you with this. Like there's, we're all human beings. There's nothing perfect, but Young people, you can along the way, if you have an open, teachable spirit and willingness to learn, along the way you can collect in relationships and pull relationships in that that really care about your future. I'm a product of that. Oh, I learned to read the Bible as a kid. I, I showed you the first week my reading chair, and I showed you anchor marks. So God speaks to me, and I thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. But man, I thank God for the trusted voices in my life as well. Did you know it's in the water of Milestone Church? I love, I love to even tell this story because I, I remember when I was getting ready to plant Milestone Church. I, we were, I was actually going to Charlotte, and that, that was counseling with my pastor, and then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, come back to Dallas-Fort Worth. They confirmed that, and, and, and I'll never forget, Pastor Steve Robinson, I, I, uh, I decided to go to New Orleans. He lives in New Orleans, and, and, and I was uh, 26, 27 years old, and, and man, I was ready to get this thing going. 
Like I was, I was ready and I had my whole SWOT analysis and my plan and, and, and I had everything lined up and here's our strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. I had my whole business plan and, 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 I, and I flew down to New Orleans and, and, and we went to a little cafe and we were sitting at some bistro tables and, and man, I was, ready, I was ready for my trusted voices to push go. Now you're like, well, I don't know and I don't understand that. Put it in your context. The worst thing you ever want to hear from someone that you ask their advice is, wait. I'll never forget. I had my whole plan. I put it in front of him. I'm ex- I thought he's just going to look at it, and, and, and the power of God was going to touch him. and be like, yeah. He looked at it. He leaned back in his bistro chair, and he said, I don't like it. And so you're like, why didn't he like it? He got Pastor Jim on the phone. They were talking to me. This is before Milestone Church. Pastor Jim got on the phone and said, son, I just feel from the Lord that you're running from instead of running to. There's a time period here that God wants to work some stuff in you and in your heart and prepare you and do something in you. See, 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 God wanted to put some things in me that I would need before I became the pastor of Milestone Church. So I didn't really want to, but I did. Because I had already predetermined the trusted voices in my life. By the way, it's a terrible time to figure out who your coach is when you're in the middle of the game. I had already predetermined. So I said, I wait. And by the way, I'm not talking about moral things or, 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 or just, I'm not talking about heavy handedness here, but I do believe that when you submit in those relationships under the wisdom of God, even if they're wrong, God blesses you. He blesses it. And so I said, yes. So there was a season. Now, isn't it great looking in the rearview mirror? I'm like, I know what God wanted to put in my life over that year and a half now. I know I wouldn't have been ready. And it's where I say a lot of times, some were sent and some just went. And so I give you those and I can give you multiple ones in my life, but I know what you're asking. You're like, Pastor Jeff, that's great. You know, man, you're really rich in this area. It's like you have these, but what about me? Well, let's, let's break it down. What is a person like and, and that, that receives from these trusted voices? What is the person you're looking for? So, so what is a trusted voice? It's like, who should I listen to? Number one, trusted voices, according to God's word, they, they start with God's word. By the way, you want to put people in your life that are going to point you back to the word. You want to put people in your life. See, see, a lot of people in culture today believe that if you love me, you'll agree with me. But if I love you, I don't agree with you if it violates God's word. If you come to me and say, well, you know, I just feel like God wants me to move in with this person. We're just going to live together. Eh, 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 eh. Violates God's word. Got to tell you, not a good idea. I told that to a guy the other day. I said, number one, that's statistically stupid and violates the word. Of course, he, you know, a lot of people think pastors are dumb. He said to me, we're going to move in together, but we're not going to do anything sexually. If you say God's told me to cheat on my spouse, then God would have to violate the Ten Commandments to tell you that, and he's not going to do it. You want somebody who's always pushing you back to God's word. They start with God's word. The second thing is they love you enough to tell you the truth. 
there's a scripture in the Bible that I think is really powerful, and that is in Proverbs 27, 6, it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. So, so what does that mean, a wound from a friend? So you would rather have the people that love you tell you the truth than life beat you up because life will be way, way more harsh. Jesus one time looked at some people. He said, I've been dancing and you don't dance. I've been singing, you don't sing. We've been, I've been giving you a mournful tale and you don't mourn. He says, but wisdom will be vindicated by your deeds. You want the kind of people in your life that see ahead, that see, hey, the bridge is out. You're going to end up off course and you want them to love you enough to tell you there's a ditch, there's a bridge out up ahead. And you want to receive that from a friend. I say it this way, because this is one of the most painful things as a pastor. You'll be like, hey, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. God will bless. You want to do what God blesses, you know, and you share and, and you just learn. Again, a lot of times people are just like, I'm going to do it. And a lot of times we run from the people who love us. That's what Rehoboam did. He, he ran from the people who loved him and wanted the best for him to the people who would use him. We run from those who love us toward those who will use us. You want people who see great things for your future. I mean, you want, you want people that see, see what you can't see. How many of you know we all have blind spots? We all have subconscious limitations. Do you know that in 1 Corinthians 12, by the way, there's a spiritual gift as well that's a manifestation of the Spirit. There, the Bible talks about us having this prophetic unction. Did you know the Holy Spirit can even speak to people about your future? It's in the Bible. And it's like you want those kind of people who are praying to God and hearing from God and looking ahead and, and, and believe more for you sometimes than you believe for yourself. And here's another big one. They don't need anything from you. The best counsel comes from people who don't, by the way, if you want to be a good counsel to someone, factor yourself out of the equation. The more you factor yourself out, the better you're able to factor God's intentions in. That was the problem with Rehoboam. They were factoring in their position, their power, their place. They're, 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 they were wanting, oh, if he listens to those elders, maybe he won't need us. And so you factor yourself out. Here's what a person is like who actually receives this wise counsel. What kind of people do we want to be? And I know some of you are saying, man, wouldn't it be great to have that kind of advice or counsel? I want everybody right here at every campus to key in for just a minute because you're hearing me talk about these relationships and, man, you want to receive from wise counsel. I believe this that God wants to give us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and God wants to provide those kind of relationships. I believe it's way more common than a person walk through and go, nobody really wants to help me. Most of the time, people that say that have rejected the voices of the people God put. It's way more common for us to not listen than it is for God to not provide. In fact, this is not in the Bible, but it's a truism. When the student or pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. I know in my life, as I prepare myself and I'm willing and listening, I'm, I'm the kind of person. I want to give you some of those traits. When you're this kind of person, God starts bringing around you those kind of voices available to you. First off, 
They're humble. These are the kind of people that can grow, that can listen, that can receive. They're humble. By the way, it's easy as you go along and you know more of the Bible and you kind of, I got this and I know that. Knowledge can make you arrogant. Don't, people who give off a, I got it, I know it attitude don't learn a lot. The Bible actually commends a childlike faith, a teachable spirit, a humble attitude. I asked a guy that I'm, I've been inviting to church, I think he's been three or four times to Milestone. Never, not, not ever really been to church. I asked him this week, I said, I'm preaching on this. I said, what do you think? Trusted voices, like, who, what's the problem? I just started kind of sharing my message with him. He, I said, what's the problem? He goes, well, most people think they're right. It's like, dude, you don't even go to church and you know the answer. Humble. The next one, teachable. Teachable. Like, this week, I brought in a trusted voice to come and share with our staff and I'm there and I got notes that I'm taking and then after the staff meeting, he took me upstairs and gave me some coaching. You gotta be teachable. In fact, he looked at me and said, you need to quit preaching and putting your hands in your pockets. While I was sharing it in the previous service, when I said I've been getting some coaching, I was doing what he said to not do. So this service, I've been thinking. Y'all don't know I'm thinking this. Don't put your hands in your pockets. <laughs> you know what else he told me? I watched your Christmas service. You talked way too long. Nobody wants to come to Christmas and listen to you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> this Christmas, you get 15 minutes. I'm like, man, now I, mean, God, I can't even give an introduction in that amount of time. I asked a guy one time, too, on an Easter service. I said, hey, I'm planning my Easter service. Lost guy. I said, what do you think I should preach on? He said, well, I don't know nothing about the Bible. All I can say is make it powerful and swift. <laughs> Teachable. Do you want to get better? Are you hard-headed? Do you not listen? Because if you don't listen, then you'll start excluding the voices that want to talk to you. They receive correction as love, not rejection. They receive correction as love. See, people who are teachable and humble say, hey, tell me more. Don't hold back. I'll never forget my son when he was growing up. My son growing up here in the church, in fact. One of our youth pastors, because I told my kids, you have to submit to your pastor. You have to submit to the authority. Who cares who the senior pastor is? You're under that pastor. And one of our youth pastors shared some things with my son. My son came to tell me, hey, he told me this, he told me that. Dad, what do you think? As if I was gonna go defend his honor. I said, let me tell you what you're gonna do. This week, you're gonna set an appointment with your youth pastor and you're gonna go put your feet under his desk and look him in the eye and say, is there anything else? Is there anything else you see, pastor? Because I know you love me. You've loved me since the day I was born. You've been my youth pastor. You care about me. You're praying for me. You would never tell me anything. That anytime you would want to give me any correction, it's because you care about me. So that's the posture you're going to take. Yeah, that's how you become great. You receive correction, not as rejection. Hebrews says, in fact, one of the affirmative things in our relationship with Jesus that proves our legitimacy is that we can receive his discipline. Not a popular message today. Jesus loves me. Jesus does love me. 
But we have a Jesus who only agrees with anything we want to do, which is a made-up Jesus. Because the Jesus that's the real Jesus is also going to say, don't do that because it'll harm you. I want to close with this. If we take on those characteristics, I just want to keep saying, it's not so much about who and where do I find this. It's more about be that person. Like the more you are that person, the more you'll invite those trusted voices into your life. But I want to close before I pray for you with this one thought. I don't want you to forget what I'm about to say because I really spent time praying and thinking about this this week and trying to really make it real for you. My life is different. My parenting is different. My pastoring is different because of trusted voices in my life. Yes, the word of God. Yes, Jesus saved me. Yes, I listened to the Holy Spirit. But thank God for the people God's brought into my life. But I believe now, this is not, I believe, one of the major roadblocks 30 years ago when I would preach on this, but it is now. I believe one of the greatest challenges and stumbling blocks to the next generation in this area is not finding the trusted voice, but it's the fact that there are a lot of voices. There's so many voices. Did you know the Bible shows us that the heart is deceitfully wicked and you might think that we make decisions based on analyzation of information. It's just not true. The majority of people make decisions based on what they feel like doing. The heart leads us. And so a lot of us, again, we're like, man, I'm getting led in this direction. Then we'll just mix some God in there. And challenges used to you only had your Sunday school teacher or your pastor or your coach or your teacher, your husband. You, you just had a few anchors in your life that you would go submit those things to. Now, you don't have to look hard. You can come up with something that's anti-biblical that will ruin your life today, and you can go online or anywhere, and you'll find some people who may not care about you who will tell you it's okay. They'll agree with you. You can find someone to agree with what you think. The biggest challenge today is, Many voices. Can I say to you, I'm, I'm talking as a pastor right now. Can I say to you, evaluate who and what you listen to? Because what you're listening to is impacting the life that you're living. Let's bow our heads. I pray right now at every campus for every person. Lord, we don't start with trusted voices, though we thank you for wise counsel in our lives plans are frustrated where there's lack of counsel. We don't want to be fools, Lord. Let us be people of wisdom. Wisdom says, Lord, teach me. I'm humble. I'm available. But we start with, if you're here, you're listening, wherever you're listening from, you start with, Jesus, I want to submit my life to you. It takes humility just to say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. Right where you are, you can just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I submit my life to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. If you prayed that prayer, we want you to let us know so that we can help you in that journey. But second of all, I pray for all of us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you also for the trusted voices in our lives. Let us be humble, teachable, available people, easily entreated so that, Lord, you can speak to us. Let us not end up in the rocks, but let us end up in safe harbor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com.
And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.